episode 49. You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hi, welcome to the show. This week you'll hear about the new voice actor category through the British Animation Awards, an update on the Writers Guild strike, and meet the voice of professional golf. I've also got Kat Keesling from Savoa here with me in the biz, and of course, Adam Fox taking you home in Tech Talk. Here we go. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. Our top story is about the British Animation Awards' new category, Best Character Voice Performance. If your voice has starred in a British animated film in the past two years, you qualify to be nominated for this brand new category. Two other categories added this year include New Media, Best Animation, and New Media, Best Commissioned Animation, focusing on internet and downloadable animation. To learn more about the British Animation Awards, visit BritishAnimationAwards.com. Tired of Leno and Letterman reruns yet? With most primetime programming still being fueled by scripts tucked away from before November, the Writers Guild of America is now going into its third week of striking, and the stockpiles of scripts are starting to run out. Primarily, the script is over new media and how work created initially for television is now being used as promotional material on the internet and mobisodes on cellular phones without payment being made to the writers who wrote the scripts. Read about both sides of this argument on the Vox Daily blog and have your say. Featured are viewpoints from writers on the picket lines as well as those who oppose the strike. Check these stories out on the Vox Daily blog at blogs.voices.com slash voxdaily. To conclude, I'd like to draw your attention to an interview that was recently published featuring David Cook, a professional announcer who has provided live announcing services for professional golf, including the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, and also the PGA's Champions Tour. To read the interview in full and see a neat picture of David with Tiger Woods, go to Vox Daily or visit the link in the show notes. Helping you grow your voiceover business. Today in the biz, I'm joined by Kathleen Keesling, also known as Kat, and she'll be talking a little bit about a guild called Savoa. Hello, this is Kat Keesling. I'm talking today about guilds and some advantages and benefits of belonging to a guild, particularly in the voice industry. Have you ever had a fellow voice talent say to you, what this industry needs is and then continue on with ideas of how we should have standards in this business to better our industry in certain ways? Well, I know I have. Heck, I've even said it myself. When I reflect on those conversations, sometimes I wonder, really, why should I care? If individually we handle our businesses ethically and have the best quality of voice, talent, and skills available to our clients, why are we so adamant in wanting standards to others? Shouldn't we just be happy we're benefiting from our own business practices? Many of us are successful, have agents, and repeat clients. Shouldn't we be happy that others don't practice good business? Isn't that an edge? Well, we could say we have pride in what we do for a living, and we want others to simply pay their dues in some way. But you know that's a knee-jerk response and simply plays to our own vanity. 
The real reason is probably something a little more closely related to self-preservation, like knowing that our own individual success as voice actors is related to our clients' perception of our industry as a skilled group of professionals. The reality is, if our industry becomes diluted by low-quality work, the perception of voice acting as a skilled and talented profession gets tarnished. Subsequently, prices and rates will get driven down, and the skilled and talented will have to work harder to prove themselves worthy of their asking price. And they really will have to work to keep their own clients from shopping around on price alone. Granted, we have been and will experience the constant evolution in the voice marketplace. It's an exciting time to be a voice artist. There are online leads for voice talents available from great places like this. Online communities for voice talents popping up everywhere. There are classes, meetings, and books available wherever we need them. There is really an obvious sense that our industry now has a spotlight. And more and more skilled and quality talents are seeking out new ways to let their clients know they are quality. They're also speaking more and more to whomever they relate to in the industry to find out new and better ways of doing this. When we speak out to improve our industry and start talking with one another about ways to do this while still being fair, we get a strong sense of what really needs improvement, that there is a commonality in what we want to achieve. We want to improve the reputation of our industry, and we want to assure quality to our clients. There is also a commonality in how we want to achieve these two goals. We want to have standards of excellence in how we produce voiceover. We want to have standards of ethical business practices in how we conduct our voiceover businesses. And we want to always work toward improving these standards. We want the ability to be heard, to have a say in our industry and its standards. And as professionals, we want to be able to say individually, I have earned the right to be considered an ethical and professional voice talent, rather than, I've paid my dues, so you should think of me as a professional voice talent. And finally, we want clients who value quality, commitment, and professionalism to immediately recognize those qualities in us. This is exactly why a guild is formed. Savoa, the Society of Accredited Voiceover Artists, is a guild formed because enough voiceover talents wanted to improve the industry's reputation through recognized standards and to assure that quality is maintained and improved as the industry grows. Savoa seeks to do this by establishing and maintaining an accreditation program for voiceover artists and supporting continuing education for the advancement of the voiceover industry. Through its members and through its own marketing efforts, Savoa is committed to educating the public on what it means to be a professional voiceover and what it means when an accredited voiceover artist displays the Savoa shield. We're often asked, why isn't a union affiliation enough to be considered a voiceover professional? Well, frankly, the bulk of voiceover jobs are not for radio or television or film. In fact, the vast majority of voiceover jobs, whether for broadcast or non-broadcast markets, are non-union. And to be blunt, your ability to pay union dues does not in itself qualify you for any voiceover job, let alone define you as a voiceover professional. For these reasons, membership in Savoa is open to both union and non-union members who have demonstrated to a peer review panel that they meet or exceed specific qualifications and requirements. Savoa offers a solidarity of a professional trade guild devoted solely to voiceover talents. 
This focus is essential if we are to raise awareness about the complexities of our industry. Unlike other performing artists, voiceovers have to have a level of technical expertise and sufficient command of their voices to compensate for the absence of facial expressions and body language. We are very simply a unique and vibrant industry, and it is well past time that voiceovers had their own professional organization. In just eight weeks, Savoa's peer review panels have evaluated and approved over 40 new members, and its directors have begun obtaining quality discounts to goods and services for member voiceover artists. In the next few weeks, Savoa will award to one of its members the first of what it hopes will be many training giveaways to support continuing education for voiceovers. The voiceover industry is finally poised to have its own professional organization. Savoa is proud to be the guild for voiceover artists. We will continue to work on your behalf for as long as you let us. Thank you, Kat, for sharing that with us. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Savoa, you can always go to the Savoa website. That's S-A-V-O-A dot org. And uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can send them to any one of the members of that board. And uh, I'm sure Kathleen would love to hear from you. Thanks again to Kathleen and to the Savoa board for this message. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. And now for Tech Talk, Adam Fox has got a wonderful tutorial here on how to clean your computer. Without further ado, here's Adam Fox. You're listening to another Defiant Digital Podcast for Voices.com. Here's your host, Adam Fox. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the cast. Hope everybody had a great week. Uh, I did as well. It was a wonderfully productive week and I certainly love this time of year. Fireplace, a crackling and... Pouring rain outside, that's always a wonderful thing. So uh, just wanted to start off this week's topic by discussing how about we, oh, I don't know, clean our computers. Pretty important tool, and granted that uh, I had my own little computer crash as a result of, well, possibly as a result of having it uh, be dirtier than it should be, and me being a little more uh, lax with my cleaning methods than I uh, usually am, I figured it'd be a great topic for us to talk about today. It's a really simple thing to do. Even if you're not so technically inclined, uh, most of the computer cases that are being built this uh, in this day and age are, are uh, whether their notebook or, or desktop are very easy to clean. Uh, they have ventilation systems to keep the processors cool that are running at these super high speeds, and uh, they are very easy to keep clean. So all you have to do is grab yourself a can of compressed air. That's our tool number one. Let's start with notebooks. Notebooks are real easy to clean. All you have to do, you don't even have to crack the case on them or anything. All you have to do with notebooks is they generally have two sets of ventilation holes. Ventilation holes on the sides to allow the air to move from side to side, and some of them have ventilation holes on the bottom to allow air to come up from the bottom of the notebook case to keep the processor and the motherboard cool. Those are super easy to clean. All you have to do is take your can of compressed air and make sure not to shake it because there's a uh, substance in there that, uh, depending on what kind of can of air Freon is, is certainly been... Uh, um, outlawed at this day and age. However, there are coolant uh, chemicals in in various cans of compressed air that will um, that are still liquids. That's why you feel it heavy if you were to shake the can. You don't want to shake the can. You don't want to hold the can upside down because what'll allow that to happen is that liquid will fall to the bottom of the case of the can uh, near your uh, dispersion method. Whether it's one of the little tiny red straws or whether you're just um, not even using one of those altogether, and it'll allow that uh, liquid to leave. And you don't want that because that'll put way 
too much cold on your circuit boards. And again, I'm just being general. I'm not going to get into the the chemical compound is broken into, etc. Um, but basically what that is is that liquid coolant that is used to keep the compressed air in an, in an excited state um, will have a tendency to crack and damage your circuit boards because it's, you know, it's a, a, a freezing compound and you don't want that kind of thing going on your circuit boards. It has a tendency to uh, crack silicone, if you will. So what you do is you take your can of compressed air, you get your little red straw that comes with most of the cans of compressed air, and you put it up near, not into, but near one of the ventilation systems, either on the side uh, of the computer or on the bottom, and you just give it a good squirt. Now, again, make sure not to shake the can's contents because you don't want to cause frostbite on your uh, on your circuit boards, and that's that's really bad. Um, you also, of course, is uh, it's common sense, but we just definitely want to make sure that we mention this. Make sure your your computer is turned off. That's a very important step. Uh, you don't want your computer to be turned on while you're doing this. Make sure it's unplugged from all electrical appliances. If you have a notebook, unplug the battery from it when you do this because uh, you don't want any electrical current circulating through there when you do this. So once you got your notebook all cleaned out, and we're going to move on to your desktop. The desktops can be a little, well, not as tricky, I should say, but um, a little more cumbersome because they're generally plugged into a bunch of stuff. Your monitors and your keyboards and mice and track balls, whatever you got plugged into them, uh, just it generally tends to be a little more cumbersome to, uh, to remove them and place them in a safe cleaning area. But that's okay because we can do that. We love our computers and we take care of them and, and cherish them and honor them and all other kinds of things that I can think of that we do for them uh, to keep them happy and keep them working in our uh, daily environment. So what you're going to do is you're going to unplug your power supply and all your peripheral devices. Make sure you don't have any CDs or DVDs in your tower. Um, you're going to unplug everything from it. And you're going to place it on a, a good dry surface that's not a cloth surface or anything that could carry any kind of a static charge. And uh, then we're going to start talking about opening the case. Now, a lot of different computer manufacturers have different methods for opening the case. Um, a lot of them, like Gateway and Dell, they put those little stickers on it that says, don't break the seal on this case, otherwise you'll void your warranty. Well, you know, that's a, a, a all well and good in intention. Um, but if you generally don't have any problems, although, disclaimer, I'm not you know, suggesting that you should void your warranty in any way, shape, or form. But for me, I generally um, will go ahead and break the seal on the side of the case because, you know, anytime you put any cards in it, um, you're going to open up the side of it. A lot of manufacturers nowadays will actually um, not put those sticky areas or, or the, the labels over the side of the case that you're actually going to open, but they will put it over... Um, like, say, power supplies and, and things like that that are contained within the case so that you don't remove those items and that they can also um, then determine whether you've done any tampering to the machine should you have any problems down the line. So you should be pretty safe with that. So what you're going to do is whether you have a couple of screws to take out or whether you have a, a nifty little handle to pull. My my uh, gateway machines that I use, they have a neat little pull handle and a, and a nice uh, oversized knob so I don't have to try to grab a screwdriver or anything. It's totally uh, without tools. And you're going to take the side of the computer off and the computer's still standing up on its uh, on its natural feet and you're going to go from the uh, inside of the computer to the outside of the computer. A lot of people make this mistake. They'll blow air through the front where you would normally have your ventilation in the front and the rear of the computer and keeps the power supply cool and processor and all that stuff. Well, what you're doing is when you're blowing it from the front, you're blowing all that stuff into the circuit board. So when you're doing a machine that you're actually taking apart, you're going to go from the inside out. So you start in the center of the computer. Computer. Again, 
Disclaimer, make sure not to shake the contents of the can because that is a bad thing, especially in a, a larger machine, larger surface area where you got all kinds of wiring harnesses and things. And you're going to start from the inside out. Start from the inside and move to the back, blowing all the surfaces out. Make sure all your little card ventilation shafts have uh, no dust in them. It gets into the cracks there too. And then you're going to work from the center to the front. And boy, I'll tell you, if you're not wearing a dust mask and you haven't cleaned your computer in a while, you're going to be in for a big surprise. And especially pay close attention to uh, when you're moving from the inside to the front of the computer because you're going to have the fan that sucks the air into the computer to cool it and you're going to have the ventilation in the front there that's going to be pulling the um, particulates and such uh, that's really just meant to pull the air but that's where there's going to be a lot of uh, particulates there. So make sure that you really pay a good uh, amount of attention to the front area of the computer because that's generally it's the side that faces uh, the uh, general area of the room Uh, in the back you're going to be blowing all that stuff out the back. It's a shorter distance to go. There's usually less uh, um, contraptionary uh, pockets for things to get in when you're going from the front to the back. It's basically your power supply and fan in the back and all your card slots. So that's really kind of easier to keep clean than the front. But in the front, you have all these little grates and things like that that um, you know set up the uh, distribution of air within the machine. And there's a big, nice big fan in the front there that pulls all the air in and such. So just really make sure to take a, a lot of time when you're blowing that stuff out. And, uh, you know, let it sit for a second or two when you do your uh, first pass. And then uh, let it set for uh, 30 seconds or a minute. And allow that dust to dissipate and settle. And then give it another good shot once... Uh, once you've done that. Now, once you've given it its second shot, you can put that thing back together and put it back to where it's at, right? Well, before you do that, make sure that since you spent all this time cleaning your your uh, computer itself, that you also clean the environment in which your computer sits. If you're using a notebook, it's a little easier because most of the time you're going to be picking your notebook up and moving here and there, and so um, your environment's going to stay cleaner most of the time. But with a desktop, you're definitely going to want to get down to wherever it is that you're putting this thing, and you're going to clean the desktop surface area. You're going to make sure that all your cables are reorganized, right, because we want to keep a nice orderly clean workspace. And you're also going to make sure that uh, before you put it back down there, that uh, any stands or or anything that you have the computer stand uh, or the computer sitting on are cleaned and you don't have any grime on them or there's no uh, particulates of land or any kind of buildup like that. So you definitely want to clean your environment before you put your machine back to where it's at. And once you've done that, you should be good to go and have a nice uh, clean machine. And uh, it'll definitely respond to you well and it'll probably have a nice big smile. Probably run a little faster because it's going to keep that processor uh, cooler and uh, you'll have all kinds of wonderful uh um, feeling of self-confidence and hey I just did that and got it all clean and it's nice and and uh, now I'm taking care and being responsible with my studio right well that's what we're hoping for so that's our tip for the day uh, good topic for today uh, speaking of topics we still have a few topics left open for discussion with the greatest hits podcast that we're hoping to do a few weeks out from now uh, David and Stephanie Cicerelli have stepped up and taken the topic of uh, how the internet is a wonderful marketing tool and how we can utilize those uh, high-speed internet technologies to really um, uh, make our business better. Perfect topic for them. Uh, and how uh, how that marketing tool really comes into it uh, and how the technical aspects make the marketing aspects easier. So that's a, a really good topic, and we thank them for stepping up and doing that. we still got a few topics left, so let's, uh, let's get those cards and letters going this way, yeah, electronic cards and letters nonetheless. Uh, go ahead and send your mail to me. You can hit me at the website here at adamfox.voices.com or at my Defiant Digital site at Defiant Digital. 
blog.defiantdigital.com. Don't forget to stop by the blog at blog.defiantdigital.com. Is that enough uh, shameless promotion for you? Yeah, you can click the banner on the bottom of the page. You'll find it just nicely. We're enjoying it over there. Thanks, everybody, for uh, signing up, and uh, we'll keep those subscriptions rising, and we'll just take this conversation over to the blog once we're done here. And I hope you all have a safe week, and uh, take care of your families. Enjoy yourself. Stay warm. Fireplaces are a good tip for that. And uh, until next time, bye for now. On behalf of the team, I want to thank you for listening to and for staying subscribed to Vox Talk. If you haven't subscribed yet, we'd love to have you on board. Search for Vox Talk at iTunes. And don't forget, if you have anything to send to Adam for his best of, please send it to Adam at DefiantDigital.com. Well, that's all for us this week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.